Inspiration, Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi family, welcome back to another episode on the book of Daniel. As you might have noticed, we're a tad behind in our usual episode schedule, and this is largely due to my traveling and time zone differences. But being back in Australia allows me to go get back on top of things, and so you should expect to get back into whatever you might be used to in normality in this podcast. I would like to thank everyone from all the places that I travel who are part of the Adventist Reflections family, who I met both in the U.S. and in Mexico. The time that we spent learning together was great, and I'm very blessed to have met you. Now, to our business today, though. This is Lesson 3, and it's titled From Mystery to Revelation. This lesson is based on Daniel Chapter 2, and to discuss character-building ideas today, I would like to again invite uh, Pastor Zeni to join us and to be able to share with us some insights that allows us to make this practical today. So Zeni, how are you doing today? Very good. Good to have you back, Daniel. Oh, thank you, um, Zeni. Yeah, I understand you are jet lagged, but I, I, <laughs> I trust we'll be able to go through this and you will not be half asleep. <laughs> yeah, definitely jet lag. So I trust that whatever you tell us today and share with us today, will be quite inciting and and instigating. So we'll be awake for sure. (laughs) So Zenny, last week we studied on how Daniel and his friends remained faithful and yet they embraced the culture of the time. They were no moles. They they were part of the people in Babylon. And they did everything that they had to do as far as they did not compromise to their allegiance to, to their God, to the God of the Bible. Now, let, let, let me ask you something. In the context of this chapter, cha- chapter 2 of Daniel, what would you do if I ask you today to tell me what I dreamed last night? Yeah, look, um, it's, it's, it's an amazing and a fascinating chapter, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so it's, it, it all revolves around this, this dream. And, and, and today we don't really pay much attention to dreams, do we? No. Um, it's, we, we, we may even remember them, but, but that will be it. It is quite interesting that it was so important back at the time. And the Bible is very explicit that he communicates with his children sometimes through that medium. Today we have an interesting situation because Daniel and his friends are facing another predicament. Before it was about the food. We talked about that. Um, now it's about a life and death situation because uh, as, as a summer we have the dead king and uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had a dream. He wanted his wise people, he has his astrologers, his magicians to tell the dream, um, to tell what the dream means. Yes. But to step it up, the challenge was that they needed to tell him what the dream was all about. Mm-hmm. And that interests me a lot, Sene, because let, let me share with you something. In, in my profession, you know, as a psychologist, yes, there are people who claim to dedicate their lives to actually help their patients, their clients to interpret their dreams. In, in fact, back in the yes, late 1800s, yeah. I think, uh, Sigmund Freud even published a book called The Interpretation of Dreams. 
And, and mm-hmm. despite there being a system in the relationship between the conscience and the subconscious mind, mm-hmm. anybody can come up with all sorts of ideas as far as you tell them the dream. Like if you tell me a dream, I can come up and say, ah, well, this might be that you are wishing, willing, or wanting something. And I can give you my opinion, whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. Yes, yes, yes. But I haven't found a colleague who can also claim that they can tell you the dream without you telling them what it was. Yes. And that's, it's, it's like virtually, literally rather, the humanly impossible task. Yes, yes. And yet God revealed the dream to Daniel and what it was meant. So there are four things that to me, at least, they, they, I find interesting. One is that mm-hmm. God gave him the dream this king, Nebuchadnezzar, this, this, this dream that is quite, um, mm-hmm. an amazing thing in, in history. It, it has an effect for us even today. The thing that interests me here is why will God give it to him and not to Daniel? Why will God give it to the pagan king and not to Daniel himself, the faithful Christian follower of the Bible? Yes, yes. That's really a very good question, I think. I would say there is a two pronged answer to this. Okay. First of all, before I come to the answer, is just to to point to the fact that dreams in the past, mm-hmm. especially with ancients, right, uh, were significant, much more significant than they are to modern people today. Okay, and 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 so therefore, the the prominence of dream at that time would have been would have, would have been something special, you know, okay. uh, because. People paid much more attention, I think, to dreams and the meaning of dreams in the past than they are today. Okay. But yeah. let's come back to, to the, to the question of, of, uh, why to, to, to the king and not to Daniel. And well, and you are right. First of all, he gave it to, to the king. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we need to remember that then. He also gave it to Daniel, not a dream, but a vision. So there is a difference right. between dream and a vision. Okay. But okay. it was still a supernatural thing. Yes. So, but you're absolutely right. And I didn't think too much about it, but I did, um, contemplate when I, when I, when I saw your question originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is, well, think about this. He, he, he gives him a dream, which is extremely unique. Mm. And the meaning of dream is extremely unique. And he gives it to a monarch mm. who is the king, not only of a nation, but the king of, 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 of the world in a way. Yes. Because he subdued so many different nations mm. and he was the king of kings. Yes. Uh, which is very unique. Yes. And to give a dream to that kind of a guy, which is also futuristic all the way to the time of the end mm. is appropriate when you think about it and mm. God gives it. So the king of kings, the king of all kings, give it to the king of kings, you From know? The earth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's basically saying, I want to tell you now, you who is in charge of the world's kingdoms, I want you to know how things will develop all the way to the end, mm. you know? Mm. Only king of all kings, which is God himself, can do that. And to usher it in such a, in such a unique way is, is quite, quite spectacular. So to me, that, that's where the significance is. He's mm. kind of the first guy and he never gave it later on to anybody else. Yes, absolutely. Ne- no, any other king, yeah. you know, and I think there is a significance of that, you know, uh, 
basically, you know, later on he's going to tell him, you know, uh, yeah, but you you are king, temporary one, mm. and you will come and you will go and you will rise and you will fall, you fall, you will uh, mm. be born and you will die. But that's not me. Yeah. My kingdom is is an is an eternal kingdom. So, I think it's quite appropriate, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost as if God is trying to set things in context, and at the same time. I don't know, maybe even trying to reach Nebuchadnezzar saying, you know, like you said, you are the king of kings in here on this earth, but I'm the kings of every, the king of everybody. I actually allow you to be there and uh, maybe put yes, things into perspective yes. because I'm going to come. And yes. um, who are you pledging play, yes. your allegiance to? Look at the relevance of it in terms of, you know, when, when he had dream, what we find in when we read the original Aramaic, because the first part of the book of Daniel is written in Aramaic, okay. is that it says it was dreams, mm. but dreams were, which were reoccurring. In fact, what it is, it's one dream which reoccurred during the night several times. Oh, wow. So imagine that you dream once, and then you dream it again during the night, and then mm. you dream it again and again. So several times during the night, he dreams the same, exactly the same dream. Wow. Uh, so in Aramaic, it says dreams. Wow. Uh, and, and what is spectacular about this is that he forgot. Imagine you're <laughs> yes. dreaming it three, four times during the night, and you wake up. And you haven't got a clue what you dreamt, and you mm. so desperately want to know mm. uh, what you dreamt. And then, then the question is, how come that he he forgot the dream? I, I was reading actually commentary on this. Okay. And uh, and maybe you, as a psychologist, would would, would probably appreciate this. Okay. Um, from psychological standpoint. Mm. Uh, it seems that when Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, he immediately understood the meaning of it, and right. he hated it. Mm. So, in other words, he, he, pushed, he suppressed he the reality it, of it. it. Suppressed the reality of it. So, and yeah. then he gets it again, and he suppresses it again. He gets it again, and then he suppresses it again. So, when he wakes up, he forgot about it because that. He was fighting it all along. But at the same time, he understand this is incredibly significant, incredibly. Mm. Regardless that I hate it, but I know that it, it is significant. That is because there is a there is another there is another uh uh Aramaic word used there, which is tit paem, which is that his heart was so troubled mm. with the with with the dream. Mm-hmm. Incredibly, he said that his heart was beating within him. You know, oh. so that's the word he planned. His heart was beating fast within him, mm-hmm. which means that he he grasped the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. He hated it, uh, and uh, but he understood the significance of it. So I think that that's that's really what 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 is happening. Oh, wow. and, and and remember. Ancients, ancients put a huge emphasis on dreams, you know. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So that that's really what's what's kind of going on. That's rather interesting. I didn't know this, but that makes sense now when you see the context. When you see that he wakes up and he he almost makes a such an irrational request, and then he puts a conditionally an irrational conditional to it. If you don't, I kill. It is rather interesting. So so now he is wanting to know what it means. 
but even though he knew before, as you explained to us, but he doesn't even remember a thing, right? Yes. And 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 so he he's, so, yeah. he's trying to find somebody who can do it, and nobody can because nobody really can do that humanly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What I find interesting here is that we we know that the story goes along that Daniel finds out and Daniel prays and God gave him the vision, as you mentioned, of what happened and mm -hmm, the interpretation. Mm -hmm. I find quite uh, for, for for our church people, for our, for Christians in general, um, I find quite remarkable that Daniel had the courage, if you want to call it, to give the king the right interpretation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so God gave him the dream. Now that you mentioned that the king understood it, I guess there was no way to lie to him, and I didn't know this, if I'm honest with you, but I'm thinking God gave Daniel the, the dream and, and everything else. If he were somebody else, maybe, they will have said, hey, you know, I, I, I received the interpretation of the dream in the dream, I'm going to tell the king what the dream is. And the king will say, yes, exactly what it is. And then I might skew a little bit of it because who is, who wants to tell the king of kings, as you mentioned on this there, the emperor of the world at the time that you're going to go downhill into the dumps. Who wants to do that? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a good one, isn't it? It's a very good one. Uh, there is no doubt because Daniel is, it's in no illusion who this guy is mm. because he is the king of kings, mm. you know? And, uh, But, 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 but coming back also about this forgetting that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So the forgetting of a dream becomes like a criteria of objectivity. Right. Okay. In other words, you, it's not subjective thing. You know, if you, if anybody out there mm. can come to King and tell him what he dreamt. Yes. And I mean, everybody around them would freak out and say, this is weird. Mm. Mm. In the least. Yes. You know? But we know it's not weird because this is supernatural. Yes. And the sources behind this could be only divine. Yes. Or source behind it could be only divine. So the forgetting of dream becomes like a criteria objectivity. Yeah. It was going to help the king kind of to judge his own specialists, which mm. are diviners and astrologers and magicians, yeah. whether they are real deal or not, you know? Yeah. Whether they they really can interpret dreams or not. Mm. So this this becomes really, really interesting. But coming back to your observation about Daniel's courage, mm. well, it seems to me also, you know, uh, that when God gives Daniel a revelation of what King dreamt, that would have given him a kick of courage. Mm. Mm. And imagine once he comes to the king with the content of a dream, that would give a kick to the king himself mm. and say, wow, wow. Yeah. So this is a introduction of God through the big doors. You know, mm. this mm. is, wow, this is God moment. And, and it's undeniably God moment. So mm. In other words, this courage was only possible because God's incredible revelation is, 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 is extremely powerful, you know? Yeah. That, that's, that's what I, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what I'm hearing is that God had a plan laid out and he wasn't going to leave 
either of these two earthly people, whether faithful or unfaithful alone, he wanted to show them who he was for their own benefit. Yes. I love that. I love that because that tells us about, about who God is. He's a God who wants us all to be able to develop faith in him, to trust him. He gives us insights, even if little or big, to be able to remember that he is still not only in control, but caring for us. Mm -hmm. He's giving us motivation to go forward in the difficult times. For Daniel, it will have been a difficult and distressing time. I mean, he puts all the people, I mean, his friends, hey, you know, let us pray all together about this because God can do it. We cannot do it. And, and it happens so. And then when he receives it, you're right. He will have getting give him, give him some courage yes and then the objectivity test as you put it you know in the scientific world it's passed because the king will have said yeah that's exactly what it was yes an important part of daniel also is there, there's so much so much we can talk about but i think prayer is mm -hmm. extremely important here you know mm, absolutely uh, very often we as christians use prayer as a psychological soothing mm, uh like a crutch of some kind device mm, mm. yeah when in fact, uh, prayer is meeting a real person mm, mm. with the, with the real expectation that this person hears, uh, hears our mind, mm. listens to our heart, mm. and there's expectation that this person, which is God himself, will hear prayer, mm. and we, then we in expectation wait for the answer to that prayer, mm, you know? Amen. Absolutely. So prayer is not a psychological, some kind of psychological false crutch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it is, even though psychological benefits are undoubtedly, undoubtedly there, mm -hmm. but it's it's primarily meeting a person with the expectation that he hears my mind, he listens to my heart, mm -hmm. and we in expectation wait for the answer to prayer, and 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 that's really important, you know. Absolutely, and it's very, it's it's a very practical point. And it's something that yeah. we do have to remember. I like that. The Spirit of Prophecy talks about the prayer opens the floodgates of heaven or something like that for us. As I think of our children coming and requesting things or asking some for something. Or even, you know, this morning, one of my daughters came to, to the bed and she just wanted to have a chat for no reason. And I honestly didn't see the object of it except just spending time. Yes. And and, and I love that. Yes. And I think God, if I as a earthly full of fault human being can do that. I think imagine God, the God of the Bible, the God of love, does expect and not only expect yes. does desire, I think that's the right term, for us to come and, and, and ask from him. Yes. yes. The last yes. point that I that interests me here in, in, in the this remarkable example of of Daniel, and I think in in our last episode you talked about parallels between Daniel and Joseph, and I think um, it's very well appointed now that I start to dissect this life a little bit more, and that is Daniel's humbleness, because he has the dream, he has interpretation, he gives it to the king, the king the king realizes what's going on, and he says, yeah, okay, this is it. Yes. And Daniel could have easily said, ah, I'm so good, eh? I've been training yes, for yes, this yes, moment. Yes. I read all of those. Sigmund Freud's books and, and, and they make sense, you know. I, I'm the only one who understands this business of, of dreaming and dreams yes. and visions, but he doesn't. And I think it's no surprise no. to us, but it's sometimes mm -hmm. easy with the human heart that we have to be able to give credit back to us. And, and I guess you and I are not doing this. Well, at least I, I'm not doing it. I'm, don't know if you are, but interpreting dreams and all that kind of stuff, but in the very simple aspects of life and the achievements that we have, mm -hmm. Um, that we are allowed to have, perhaps we could say, 
Um, yes. It is very and, easy yeah, to say yeah. it's me. And, yes, yes. And, 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 and look what, what the antidote for that is. Okay. Tell us. Uh, Daniel met the great, Daniel made the greatness of God. Mm. So he, he asked God in his greatest uh, moment of need. Yes. Which if he, God did not answer, he would have lost his life. Mm-hmm. So he is seeking his God whom he already knows. Yes. And God answers and God answers in a grandiose way. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he simply realizes and discovers God's greatness. And in the face of God's greatness, do we possess humility? Mm. Mm. We cannot conjure up humility, but we we only get humility as we discover God's greatness. Oh, I love that. Then we find then we then we find our place, which is which is a place of humility. Mm. So in the greatness of God we become humble. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think it's when we realize who we really are and who God is, we realize that our place really doesn't have a comparison when we think about who God is. Yeah. Uh, How could you rob God of the credit, really? And that can be in anything, you know, in everything that we do and everything that we have. Yes, we have put human efforts in there, but were it not for God, I mean, we would not even be here when I think about it. Yes. Sini, I love this stuff. I love that we can trust God. And, and, and we know that God can do the best that he knows how to do for us in our interest, in despite of the circumstance. We have seen it twice already. And I think next week we'll see the same thing all over again, but in a different situation. But as we conclude this episode, mm. do you have any final remarks related to this Daniel story in, in chapter two? Yes. I, I think the, the prophetic element of it is extremely important because we okay. as Adventists are the, the people of, of prophecy. Yes. And I, I think it's, it's so important because here in chapter two, uh, this, this, this structure of four is established. As you know, mm. what Daniel saw and, uh, as, a, as, as he interprets the dream of a king, mm-hmm. uh, which we would see represents four kingdoms. Now later on, Daniel himself will have a vision and also in his vision, he would see four kingdoms as well. Mm-hmm. So this kind of establishes prophetic part of a book. Um, what is also interesting in this prophetic part, you know, uh, Daniel starts, uh, by saying, I saw, mm-hmm. uh, in my, in, in, God gave him uh, uh, understanding and vision, and he said, "I saw." Yeah. And then he, and then he speaks about what he saw, and what he saw was was those those four metals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four metals were, were had mm-hmm. of this statue is a head of gold, and and uh, the chest of this statue, massive statue or idol, if you will, mm-hmm. is made of silver, mm-hmm. and then ties. Of this statue are made of bronze and, mm-hmm. and, and legs are made of iron and, and, and feet of iron and clay. Right. So he saw this. Yeah. So these, 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 these four realities, um, and all four metals representing four kingdoms. Yeah. That's what he saw. But then in the second part, he also says, I saw. Okay. And what he sees next is he saw, um, a rock. Mm. Uh, it seems to me Daniel wants to distinguish between 
seeing a, a, a human kingdoms mm-hmm. which will come one after the other. Yes. So it is going it is going linearly throughout history. You know, one kingdom will come after the other. One will come after the other. But then、yeah. he sees something which is radically different. Yeah. It's not an idol anymore. It's 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 a rock. Right. And this rock is 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 a kingdom that will fill the whole earth, which which is God's kingdom. It's as if to differentiate between God's kingdom. Which will come at the very end, and all other kingdoms, which are temporary,、mm. God's, which is eternal, and 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 and,、uh, and human, which are just temporary ones, and that's、mm. the message that Nebuchadnezzar didn't like.、Mm. He didn't、mm. like the fact that he is not going to be there forever. Yeah, that his kingdom will not be there forever. Absolutely. Ah,、uh, he hated that. He hated it. You know. So yeah, that's that's the prophetic part, and it is a beautiful message, and I think that gives a lot of reassurance. And when I think about it,、yes. when we see it from、yes. this perspective, 2019 today, no, 2020, pardon me, we can see that it did happen how it was said. And exactly, when we think about the scatological aspect of it, where are we standing today? The next thing、yes. will be the rock. Yes, yeah, Babylon did come. Babylon did come as、yeah. a head of gold.、Mm. Uh, Medo, Medo Persia did come and 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 go、mm. as a, as a, as a, as a, a breast of silver. Greece came and go as as as, as a tie of bronze. Yeah.、Uh, Rome came and is gone as legs of iron, and and we are definitely now in this in this era of iron and clay, and all that is left now is the rock, you、yeah. know, of God's kingdom, which is coming also. So. It's amazing. It's so beautiful, isn't it? So、um, powerful. Absolutely, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Zeni. I liked those insights and the practical applications and how we can trust in God as well. So there you have it, family. The question is, what do you choose today? I am Doctor Dancing. Today, I choose to believe that God has everything under control and for my eternal benefit, really, despite of how things might look at the moment. What about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.